0: You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What up, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. He's Tony Wiggins. I'm James Erpine. It is Wednesday. And, Tony, we got plenty of games on tap tomorrow. It's Thanksgiving. I'm already hungry.
1: Yeah, I'm hungry too, man. I love getting fat and sitting on the couch and not moving. And while that turkey and stuffing and all of that sticks to my ribs, I'll be uh, watching uh, these NFL games and drinking Pepsi. is that right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> because this football season is different. Pepsi. Here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football, watching. And that's what I'm going to be doing on Thursday. I'm going to have some Pepsi. I'm going to have some good turkey. I'm going to have all the – the stuffing and everything next to it and uh heck i i'm ready and, and it, let's uh let, let's dive into this because there's a lot to react yeah. to and before we look ahead to week 12 tony you <laughs> jinxed I did. the entire city of las <laughs> vegas so it, it's time for you to uh, apologize or whatever you need to do because i'm blaming you it was your idea to talk about the raiders last week and they had a good showing, but they, uh, they ultimately to the Chiefs.
1: Nope, nope, nope. I'm not apologizing. I'm not going to apologize, James, man, because I told you last week, every time I talk about and build a team up, they they, they have, I, I guess, it's the wiggy, the wiggy jinx or whatever. But I will say this about the Raiders. They played extremely well. And they are a problem because they are not afraid of the Chiefs. And I know Ross and and Lucas talked about this on yesterday's episode, Ross Jackson and Lucas Braun. They talked about this on the Monday show. But we got to bring it back up because I said, I hope I don't jinx them. And if I do, I'm going to bring it back up next week. So I jinxed the Raiders. But I will say this. I'm still impressed with them. They're not afraid to go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs. They do it with toughness. And uh, I I think they'll be fine. So who am I going to jinx this week? I'm going to pass it along, man. I'm going to jinx the Rams. I'm going to pick the Rams, and this is something that was also probably touched on with Lucas as well as uh, at Ross. Um, they look good. There was some talk that all the Rams games they had won previous to last week were against the NFC lease that we'll get into later on. And they didn't know. People were unsure if they could beat a good team. Well, now they've beaten Seattle, and they won last night against Tampa Bay. That, that means they're not just winning against these solid teams. They're winning against solid Super Bowl pedigree quarterbacks. And they did it last night without Aaron Donald really getting statistic sacks. That is a really good football team that nobody's paying attention to. And I think we need to start paying attention to the Rams again. And I'm going to jinx them right now. What do you think?
0: I agree with you. <laughs> just like last week, I agree. And I think they've flown under the radar all of last season or all of this year because of last season. But the thing is, people forget they went nine and seven last year. Right. This wasn't a five and eleven team. They were nine and seven, and they showed they could win one without Andrew Whitworth, which I had my question marks there. I thought Tampa Bay was going to heat him up a bit and make Jared Goff uncomfortable. Right. And heck, he was just slinging around to, to Cooper Cup and into uh, um, oh, what's that, uh, Robert, th- Woods, th- yeah. Robert Woods? Yeah, Robert Woods. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had like twenty receptions combined. Right. I mean, so they they were dominant and that's it's been fun to watch and I I don't know why I guess because he's not new anymore but Sean McVay's suddenly flying out of the radar but that Rams team you made a good point Aaron Donald held in check they're without their starting left tackle and yet they handle business on the road against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and I, I think some of our listeners and I it's worth noting is this or does this win have more to do with the Rams and how they played Or is this just another example of Tom versus time? Is this just another example of the Buccaneers laying an egg because they've been one of the most inconsistent teams
1: in the NFL this season? Yeah, you know what? Everybody wants to put it on. Like a couple of weeks ago when the Patriots were losing and Tom was winning, everybody was like, well, I guess we see who it was in New England. Well, now it doesn't really look that way again two weeks later. That's why you can't really rush the judgment on those things. i tell you what, I think what they're doing, they're running Brady's stuff. And people are saying that um, – I saw a lot of stuff on social media that maybe Arians and and Leftwich are holding Brady back because they're not using a lot of motion and they're, and they're not – not they only went in motion six times last night. That they're archaic play calling and, and, and that it's out of date. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think what they're doing is they're running Brady's stuff. And the reason why I know they're running Brady's stuff is because he's not taking deep shots – to Antonio Brown. He's not taking deep shots to Mike Evans. They're doing what they did in New England. They're just He's just throwing it to, to the first open read he gets, bang, 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 little short passes. So now we're seeing that when you put a lot of great talent around Tom Brady outside of Randy Moss, he's still going to dink and dunk regardless. He's going to do what he always did. So maybe the stuff that we heard out of New York with Coach Judge the rumors that he told his players that Tom was a system guy or something like that, maybe that stuff starts to be true. You don't want to paint a picture of the guy that we just thought was the GOAT, but I think everybody needs to calm down and relax a little bit. I know around here Jaguars fans are angry because, one, Jaden Ramsey looks like the best player in the world again, and, two, <laughs> and two uh, the, the Jaguars have the Rams' first-round pick. So they were anticipating that that would be 18 or 20. No, it looks like it's going to be a, a pick in the late 20s. So that's not necessarily a good thing for, for, for the people that I cover every day. But, um, no, I think you're right. I think we really, really need to start taking a good look at the Rams. And then we need to look side-eyed a little bit at Tampa because when they look good, they look good. And when they look bad, they look really bad. And in the playoffs, they're going to have to be consistent. They're
0: going to be forced to go on the road, even at Philly. Like, let's say Philly wins the NFC East or, or the Giants or, or whoever. You have to go on the road if you're the wild card team. That's a tough ask. Tom Brady's used to having a bye and losing back-to-back games like he did when they could have really grabbed a hold of the NFC. You get crushed by the Saints or, or losing two out of three, rather. You get crushed by the Saints, though. And, and then uh, on, on Monday night, it was just it's ugly. So uh, there's no doubt about that. And it's funny. Antonio Brown's become his Julian Edelman.
1: Yeah, That's his
0: dump-off slot guy that's going to have eight to ten catches Right, is him. It's, it's not Godwin. It's not Scotty Miller, which some speculated it might be. And so that part is interesting in this dynamic as well. And Bruce Arians on Tuesday called out Tom Brady to the media, said he, he thinks he's having some trouble reading the defense, and he was confused. Yeah. Arians doesn't mince words, man, and, and, and I don't know how that's going to go down.
1: No, he, he hurts people's feelings. He did it with Jameis, and and he's known Jameis since Jameis was a kid. Speaking of Jameis, we thought Jameis was going to get some playing time, and I don't know how people equate Jameis not playing with him now being just relegated to a career backup. When Taysom Hill actually played well and he makes $16 million a year, it's like why do you think why, – why are people saying that just because Jameis wasn't chosen to go into the game that all of a sudden this is a bad look for him? It's not a bad look if the other guy's making $16 million and, oh, by the way, the other guy actually played well. What did you think? I was surprised
0: by the move, but it, it does make sense because that's Sean Payton's guy. He's been grooming Taysom Hill for years. This is his project. This is the guy he decided, like you said, to pay $16 million to. So uh, if that's the case and you're going to sign him to a two-year deal and then Jameis Winston falls into your lap into a, for a league minimum type deal, well, who are you going to go with initially? the guy you're invested in or Jameis Winston. That's not a knock on Jameis. That's just the reality of the organization. And I, I think if Hill struggles, they will, they won't be afraid to turn to Winston because what they need to do specifically with breeze hurt is win games. If you can get that one seat in the NFC, you are feeling really good because let's be honest here. And I get it that, you know, with COVID and things like that, the home field advantage isn't what it was, but if, The NFC rolls through New Orleans, you got to like the Saints' chances, specifically because Drew Brees throwing in that dome. So I don't blame him at all for rolling with with Hill looking back at it. And it clearly worked. He ran for a couple touchdowns, completed a a decent amount of his passes, and threw for over 200 yards. It's, It's a pretty solid day from a backup
1: quarterback. It is. And speaking of backup quarterbacks, Cincinnati's going to have to use one for the rest of the year, and we'll talk about that straight from your mouth. I know you don't want to talk about it. I see your face. You don't (laughs) want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it, but we will. But before that, you mentioned Philly in the NFC East. I call them the NFC Least. They got a quarterback problem, but the problem with them is he's not injured, and they have to first admit that they have one. Carson Wentz, there's something wrong with him. I don't know if it's permanent but he doesn't look very good. So we're going to discuss that. And then we're going to discuss Joe Burrow, get your perspective on it since your boots on the ground in Cincinnati. We'll do it in just a second here on a Wednesday edition of locked on NFL. But
0: first I want to discuss Tony, how I'm going to work off that Thanksgiving dinner because I'm going to do it with echelon because when it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment of hitting your fitness goals, feeling great about yourself, Echelon can get you there. They offer the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of home. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands, that's right, thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes that are always available when you need them. Unlike the com- their competitors, it's affordable for everyone. One membership lets up to five family members work out at the same time. Right now, you can try Echelon Fitness in any of their equipment at home for 30 days. All you got to do is go to echelonfit.com NFL. Again, that's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com NFL.
1: It is holiday season, and with holiday season, you need to take extra precautions with you and your family especially your loved ones, the ladies in your life. And one thing I've done is protecting my family is my number one priority, and we've done it safely with Taser. That's right. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you in or in your glove compartment or in your purse. Yet they're powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. They use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds allowing you time to escape and send an emergency dispatch to your GPS location. More than 237,000 lives have been saved with Taser, the network of devices, apps, and personnel. Protect yourself and your family with Taser's line of smart self-defense products. Taser's available without a permit in most U.S. states. Get the Taser, Pulse Plus, or Taser Strike Light at taser.com with the promo code NFL. That's right. It's spelled dot com with the promo code NFL. Save 15% now at taser.com using the promo code NFL. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, so it's a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL with James Rapine and I'm Tony Wiggins. And before we left, we were going to talk about Carson Wentz. Um, I'm to the point now. There have been some spirited debates, James, on on TV. Uh, I don't watch much of it, but I do catch uh, Dan Orlowski every now and then. And he is a big-time believer in the talent of Carson Wentz, and a lot of people are. Because every now and then he'll do something that really makes you go, wow, that's next level. There's only seven or eight guys in the world that can do that. But at some point you have to stop making excuses for, for Carson Wentz. I know he had the injuries. He's had offensive line troubles, and that'll make any quarterback look bad. They had a lack of weapons for a minute. But the mistakes that he's making now, the things that he's doing now, half the Philadelphia fans are calling for uh, Jalen Hurts to be in in, in the game or they want Nick Foles back. Carson Wentz doesn't look like a franchise quarterback, and I'm almost to the point where I think he's getting a little bit of a pass where guys like uh, uh, Jameis Winston that we talked about earlier, Marcus Mariota, they didn't get those passes. I think people are enamored with his talent and they're not paying attention to the fact that that he's probably not very good.
0: I have my question marks, and I was with the people and of the belief that he was one of the elite quarterbacks. And I loved what he did last year, despite not having a lot of weapons, finding a way to beat the Cowboys on the road, and you win the NFC East. Uh obviously he got injured in the, the playoff game against Seattle, but I, I was a Carson Wentz believer. I was a Carson Wentz believer even after tying the Bengals in week three, a game I covered, right? And that's a a game at home that Wentz should win. And yet he continues to be inconsistent. The weapons are back. Jalen Rager's back. Zach Ertz will be back soon. Alshon Jeffrey, who knows if it was good that he returned, but he returned to the lineup last week. And yet on the road, in a must-win game, I would say, maybe not must-win because it's the NFC least, which we'll get to, but still on the road against a, a beatable Browns team, Baker Mayfield gifts you a touchdown, but you had already gifted the Browns a touchdown with this awful throw, just this lollipop, easy pick six for Sione Taki-taki, just ridiculous. And and those are the the mistakes because he has the – like he's got the physical tools. I get it. He's struggling right now, and accuracy is a question mark. Just don't make that throw. Take the sack. Launch it 50 feet into the stands. Anything is better than that, and if he avoids those – then he can at least, you know, get through these struggles. But if you're making plays like that and that continues, they're in the playoff race, you're gonna have to make a decision if you're Doug Peterson. Because if, if you continue to hit your wagon to Carson and you don't win games, well then you might be on the outside looking at out the, the 32 NFL coaches next year. And I get it you won a Super Bowl, but Philadelphia, that's a that's a place that doesn't take kindly to losing. <laughs> okay. So they will uh they'll boot his tail out of town, both of them if they don't fix it. So I think Carson just needs to be a little more conservative. Stop trying to be the hero all the time. And it's it's much easier said than done because he feels like he needs to carry the team. But some of those throws have, have been rough and he's paid for them.
1: Right now, you know what he is? He's Mitch Trubisky with a contract extension. That's oh, come is. on. Come on. He's, he's Mitch Trubisky. No way. He's no terrible, way. man. I mean, he's better than Mitch. He probably is, but the thing is, is results are results. And I and 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 if if everyone's opinion of him wasn't as favorable coming into this season, folks would be running him out of town. And I think they're about ready to. Those people up there are about ready to revolt. It's just that they don't have a, a, a legitimate. I don't think Jalen Hurts is a legitimate replacement for him. But it's just sad, man, to see to see a guy especially like that that has so much talent and makes these plays. And then all of a sudden he can't make them. But nothing is more sad to me than we're going to get back to the NFC. lease I got to get this off right now though. Earlier this year I joked with you and I said, "Are they going to get uh-huh. Are they going to get Joe Joe B killed up in Cincinnati?" I joked with you. I tweeted uh, uh, something I saw was running for his life in practice, and I said it looked like a gazelle running from a pack of hyenas. Um, one of the most gruesome injuries probably I've, I've seen since Napoleon McCallum, which I think was the worst I've ever seen. Really, really ugly. You find out there's ACL, MCL, and structural damage to a quarterback that really depends on his legs and his mobility. Your boots on the ground in Cincinnati, you cover locked on Bengals. Tell us, man, what the mood is up there and how are people feeling knowing that he might be out 12 months? It's devastating. It's completely all the
0: momentum that this organization had built really in 2020 from being active in free agency for the first time in decades. Um, to, to drafting their franchise quarterback into him delivering, right? All the things that they've dealt with the 2020 coronavirus and uh, learning virtually and all of those things, a weird training camp, no preseason. And from day one, he was the dude and he commanded the room and he, he earned uh, the captaincy on his chest. And he, all of those things, those guys follow Burrow. <laughs> he hasn't been here long and he's already their leader. And so when he went down, you knew one, they were up nine to seven. And they should have been up more, but the field goal kicker, Mirandy Bullock, was just awful. Uh, Burrow was going up and down the field. Uh, they are up 9-7. to You knew they were going to lose, and they did, 20-9. to got outscored 13-0 the rest of the way, which is fine, whatever. It's not a big deal compared to what we're talking about here. But now it's the where do they go from here? Right. Do, do the Bengals give Zach Taylor a free pass? I don't think they should. And bring him back next year because he gets along with Burrow. And the offense ha- had shown flashes, but still wasn't consistent. I wouldn't, and that's the, the first question: Do you keep Zach Taylor long term? Uh, you know, or, or at least for a third season? He's four twenty one and one, still hasn't won a road game. Um, I think a lot of coaches could win two games with Joe Burrow. I mean, I might be crazy, <laughs> you know. I think I think that part is true, and so that's the first thing. And then the other one, obviously, and everyone is talking about this: get him some damn offensive linemen. Get. get him a a quality line they've had a poor offensive line for the majority of my time covering the team from 2016 they went to the playoffs in 2015 they're really good and then it dropped off in 2016 and since then it's gotten worse it's a little better this year than last year still isn't good still isn't a quality line and it's still a factor and that's why entering Sunday's game he had been hit 72 times which tied Daniel Jones for the most for a quarterback in his first nine games since 2000. And we know how bad the Giants line's been over the past few years.
1: And he has a lot of attempts per game. My thing is, is when you know you're just trying to get to next year, balance that thing out, man. Stretch that game out. Run that ball. Tell him to, 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 to not get the snap until there's two seconds left on the clock. You want his less play. He proved to you he could play. But now all you're doing is exposing him by having him drop back and throw the ball 46, 47 times every single game. You're exposing him behind that bad line. So I agree with you that if Zach Taylor was already on uh, the possible chopping block, to me, this takes the cake because you don't leave him out there like that. You don't constantly keep throwing the ball. At some point, you have to manage the game and say, we need to get this thing to the next year so we can get in the draft and get somebody.
0: Yeah. I I totally agree. I mean, they've honestly, and it isn't just draft. They have to go free agent wise. They got to spend money. You got to get, because the the thing that I, I think going into this year that no one was really sure of, and you can't be with a rookie and you'll learn this six months from now when Jacksonville has their rookie, you don't know how ready this quarterback is. And it felt like Burrow was ready, but we didn't have a preseason. We didn't know. And a couple games into it, you're like, man. He's good enough to go to the playoffs right now.
1: Like now you got to protect him.
0: It, it, yeah, if Joe Burrow was on the Eagles, let's just say if Joe Burrow was on the Eagles, and I get they have offensive line issues too, they would win the NFC East easy. Like he's he's that type of quarterback. That's how he was playing. And uh I agree with you on the game script, by the way. He he threw the ball 15 times in the first quarter. He was on pace for 60 passes. That's that's unreal when you know you can't protect him, though. And, and, well, they were doing these little quick things. And, and this is the other problem. When you have a coach that knows he needs to win games and knows Burrow is his best chance of winning games, then you, all right, we're going to drop him back 61 times on Thursday Night Football in week two, four days after he made, he's made his debut, and he's going to get popped by Miles Garrett, and he's going to get popped by these guys. And it's just, whew. The they hit put a Mal- lot on his shoulders. The hit they by Malik
1: Jackson early in the year would have been enough for me. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, "Nope, we, we're gonna, we're, we know he can play he 's throwing it 28 times a game, and we 're running I'll go, i don 't care if I have to go to free edge go out in the market and find a we are running the ball we 're snapping this ball fifty five times we 're running, and I would go up to, I would have gone upstairs and say, Look, we we can try to make him throw it 60 times a game, but we 're not going to win, and the bottom line is we 're going to just put him out there and put him at risk." And I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it at all. Something else now. We we talked about the NFC East or the NFC East. I'm going to make a prediction right now. Based on what I've seen the last two weeks, the Dallas Cowboys are going to win that division. Get they, out of here. No they, way. They beat the Vikings, who, who were surging. Come on. And a couple of weeks ago, they played Come pretty on. well. I'm telling you, they, are, they still have more talent than anybody else. For some reason, the last couple... They're going to beat Washington on Thanksgiving. Watch. For some reason, I'm telling you, when they beat the Vikings the other day, something told me the Cowboys are going to surge and win that division and and represent the NFC least in the playoffs. Surge with what, six wins? Yep. That might be all it takes.
0: (laughs) And and it might be all it takes. Now, I I honestly, I look at these teams, I think it's the Giants. Ah. I think it's the Giants. I do, I, I, I do, and I, I get the weapons are intriguing in Dallas. Um, and the good news for for both New York and Dallas is they both play the Bengals. The Ryan Finley led Bengals uh, starting Sunday, so they both should get a W there. Um, but but no, it wouldn't shock me because Andy Dalton was a really good signing for them, uh, and a guy I covered, and he's going to be stable. Like, there were some people saying, oh, don't don't put Andy Dalton back in the lineup. Those people don't know what the hell they're talking about. He's going to be fine. He's not going to crush them the way Carson Wentz is, for example, in, in Philly. He's not going to throw those ugly pick sixes as he gets comfortable. And uh, I, I think, honestly, I, I kind of laughed at you at first. But, no, I mean, they have a shot. I can't rule it out. Any of these damn teams could certainly, uh, could certainly win the NFC East. And if it's the Cowboys, good for Andy Dalton. By the way, you want to know my nickname for him, Tony, before we get out of here? What is it? blandy
1: dalton so damn
0: bland i called him bland all the time best guy in the world blandy dalton
1: yeah man i like that i like that or canelo i might call him canelo it means cinnamon and and, uh you know i like that i like that all right so the draft order appears to be set at least early i know the jaguars are second the jets who's that third team is it is it dallas is it the Bengals? I think it's the Bengals, right? It's so, the Bengals. Yeah, so it's, uh, that now, see, if that holds true, then it's going to be pretty, pretty clear, in my opinion. We're going to talk about that because the third segment on the Wednesday show is about the NFL draft. We'll take a look at these teams and talk about the draft order being set up front and what these three teams need the most. We'll do that in just a second here on the Wednesday edition of Locked on NFL. First, I got to tell you about something on Black Friday, man, and it comes from Built Bar. That's right. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar you will ever, ever find. And in Black Friday, they have a special. They got some specials and then they have a special. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. We're dreaming of a white Christmas. What does that mean? How about a white chocolate bar while supplies last? White chocolate cookies and cream, white chocolate salted caramel both with 130 calories only with 17 big pops of gram of protein and between four and five grams of sugar. All right. Two free candy cane brownie bars with every item purchased. Did you hear that? Two free candy cane brownie bars with every item purchased 25% off all products all weekend long. And it begins on Thanksgiving day at 5 PM. Now listen, 5 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day. Go to BuiltBar.com and get 25% off of Black Friday. Plus, don't forget to use the promo code, which is locked on one word, to get an extra percent off. Now, on Cyber Monday, this is on Monday only. Dreaming of a white Christmas continues. The white chocolate while the surprise lasts. The white chocolate coconut deluxe while surprise lasts. You get two free candy cane brownie bars with every item purchased. All right? Continued the while supplies last, 25% off plus receive one free advent calendar with every purchase. 12, build, 12 built bites, 12 months of savings. Go to builtbar.com and get 25% off for Black Friday. Use the promo code LOCKED ON. Back for the draft session on this Wednesday here with James Rapine and Tony Wiggins. James, you hit me up and told me it looks like this draft order is pretty, pretty set. The Jaguars can actually win a game, and they're still going to be sitting in, at number two. So even if they find a way to beat Cleveland or Minnesota, the rest of their schedule is so tough, they might win one. They're not going to win two. And they're probably still wanting the Jets to, to, to somehow find a, a victory, which ain't going to happen. But I know some people that want the Jags to win both of those games.
0: <laughs> and want the Jags to leapfrog?
1: <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It doesn't matter. See, that's what I was going to get to. Because okay, so to 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 not put this behind us, most people believe it's Trevor Lawrence, Fields, Justin Fields, who for some reason a lot of Jacksonville people and critics he threw a couple of picks the other day, and they go, "Nah, he looks at his receivers too." So Quincy Avery, who who who's a renowned quarterback coach in Atlanta. He coaches um, Deshaun Watson. He tweeted out, you cannot tell what a quarterback's reads are by looking at TV unless you look at his eyes. Just because you said let – me, let me tell you why he said that. And I'm, I'm a guest here, but I'm thinking, like, if you're looking at a side view and you see a quarterback, let's just say they're running trips on one side and all the action is to that side of the field. And they run somebody in motion the other way and he sees pre-snap, he, saw, he sees the safety go. That's already done. So if all of the action with three guys is on one side, he's going to be staring at one side of the field. That doesn't mean he's staring down a receiver. That means he's looking at the action, especially with these guys going three different ways, and he's trying to see what's going on. Now he's putting himself at risk because he could get blindsided, by. Uh, but he's just trusting his, his protection as well. So there are some people that go, feels as a turnover machine, and folks had to remind them he's thrown five interceptions in 550 attempts. It's not a turnover machine, but it's paralysis by analysis. So the way this is, is, everybody thinks it's going quarterback to the Jets, quarterback to the Jaguars, and sitting right there for Cincinnati. What did we just talk about? We talked about protection, and people are telling me that Sue Pinnell or is it Pina Suel, whatever one? There you mean. go. Pina there Pina you go. <laughs> Dys- dyslexic. Here. All right, Pina Suel from Oregon is the guy that's the next coming to Joe Thomas, and you guys should be doing cartwheels if that happens.
0: That's what's going to happen. I, I have no doubt in my mind that Trevor Lawrence is going to go first, that a quarterback is going to go second. Now, maybe it isn't Justin Fields. You know, maybe one of these other guys jumps, and, you know, we see Wilson jump from BYU or Trey Lance and just really impresses uh, the Jaguars, but let, let's just say it is Justin Fields. Then if you're the Bengals at three, you have two options. I, I think I, I don't think you have a third. Either draft Sewell from Oregon and, and right. get your, your left tackle, and, and, and uh, Sewell goes next to, to Jonah Williams, who would go on the right side, on the opposite side, rather, of Jonah Williams, and you have two first-round tackles uh, to, to anchor that line, or you trade back. And there are going to be teams – Let's say New England loves Zach Wilson. Let's say Justin Fields falls to three, and there are teams that want him. Washington. Washington. I mean, there are going to be a lot of teams, I think, that are interested in this quarterback class. You know, you, you're going to see teams potentially move up. Hey, who knows? Maybe Indy tries to feel froggy and, and do that. I think they're going to have too high of a pick for the Bengals to be interested, but you just – you never know. And so that's, that's the part here that's going to be really interesting because I think it'll be quarterback, quarterback, and then either the tackle or let's trade down four spots, get the top cornerback in the draft, let's say. And it is um, two spots that I like in this draft early on, corner and tackle. The first like round and a half, you you have some guys. So if the Bengals trade down, it's not like they can't get a good tackle, but he is, Suell has been described as this generational player. Right. So if he is a generational tackle and he's that way, then then take him and run to the podium and you got your left tackle in the future for Joe Burrow.
1: Yeah, and the only way I would, if I'm them, I decide to break ranks, any one of those teams in the top three, if someone comes up and gives you a bounty, a bounty to where you, you feel like, okay, the next best tackle, whether it's Walker Little or, uh, whether it's the kid out of Texas or or whoever that you can move back if you're if you're the Bengals and you can still get a maybe it's Alex Leatherwood, get another guy from Alabama. You know uh-huh. if you can move back just a little bit, and still get a really good player, but fill your roster out with other guys, pass rushers, Michael Parsons, you know uh, uh, the Russo kid out of Miami, get a whole bunch of parts. Or or if especially if you're the Bengals. Put Jamar Chase up there back with his buddy, Joe, even though Joe may not be ready early in the year. The Bengals have to – they're, they're going to be in the catbird seat because I really believe Jacksonville is going to have to go quarterback with what we've seen. we we got two guys here. If you kind of mix them together, you can maybe have a good quarterback, but both of them have strengths <laughs> and weaknesses. And this organization needs a total reboot, and it needs a reboot behind a fresh face. So whether that's Fields, whether that's Wilson or whoever – I believe the Catbird cat seat here is the number three pick, and that's with you guys because even if – let's just say whoever comes in for Jacksonville, if they make a deal with that second, second, that second first-round pick that they have, and they go out and get a veteran. What if Detroit says, you give us that second, second-rounder and a third-rounder, the, Ram, the Rams pick and a third-rounder, and we'll give you a 32-year-old Matt Stafford. What about Sam Darnold? Right. Something like that. I wouldn't take Donald. I I probably would from Jacksonville take somebody who's who's proven like Stafford, especially if they hire a coach. Let's just say let's just say they fire the GM and and fire the coach and then they promote John Idzik and John Idzik goes, hey, Jim Harbaugh, you tired of that stuff up there? We can do what we did before in San Francisco and Harbaugh comes in. And he wants to win right away. And then Detroit says, we'll give you Matt Stafford for that late first round pick and a third rounder. Now, if you're Jacksonville, you're going, wow, could we take Stafford and then take Sewell? Could we do that? Yeah. And and, and where could we be? Or take Stafford, move back, take a pass rusher, then get another, you know, left tackle, maybe Leatherwood falls to us or whoever, they can fall to us and then we can move like that. So I still think that even if that happens, you guys will still be in a catbird seat at three. And the reason why is because of the trade possibilities. You, Burrow's injuries, ain't go, he, he, they're not taking another quarterback. So they're going to be with him even if they're without him most of the season. But the thing is, is what do you do if you're Cincinnati? Do you go ahead and draft the left tackle now or do you get a playmaker? And I think that's something that we have to watch out for. And if they're going to get a playmaker,
0: they should trade back. You shouldn't take them at three. I would trade back a couple spots if you can, um, and try to get an extra one or you know an extra one and three and five. You know sometimes you can get a bounty depending on how far back you're moving, but I wouldn't be against that because again, these teams, these rebuilding teams, right? The Jets, uh, the Jaguars, um, obviously the Bengals. It can't just be the draft. You can't fill all your needs in the draft. You're going to have to go out. You're going to have to spend money and be aggressive in free agency. And so if you don't get a playmaker in free agency and, and that guy is there, the, the number one guy that you think is just going to be just a game changer, maybe it's Kyle Pitts, the tight end, right? Who's a stud.
1: Great, great player. Great player out of floor. Th-
0: then, then maybe, you know, that's the route you go. And, and so that's, that's the fun part about the draft is there are so many possibilities. Um, there are a lot of good quarterbacks in this draft, like we talked about on last week's show. So guess what that means? We're going to see some movement. We're People going to see some teams that are trying to be aggressive and move up and get their guy, and maybe they don't even have to end up moving up. Who knows? Right. But uh, that's a, a really interesting spot. But I, I do think they're locked in. The Jets, you're right, they're not winning a game. The Jaguars, even if they win one game, the Bengals have a tie, and they beat Jacksonville head-to-head, so it gives them the edge. And I honestly – I don't think the Bengals are winning anymore. And, and the teams 4 through 10, they're going to win more games. Right. So unless the Bengals shock someone – I think they're going to be locked into that third spot.
1: A lot of NFC uh, NFC East or NFC League teams in that next <laughs> bunch, and they all play each other. So it's like it, they're all going to be whooping each other, and, and so they could all split the rest of the way, and that works out fine for Cincinnati.
0: Well, their their division winner is going to end up, you know, winning like five games and picking eleventh, and in the playoffs.
1: <laughs> I'm just crazy. kidding, but yeah. but right, like yeah. That,
0: yeah, it would be funny if that's how it worked.
1: Yeah, that's wild. So. I'm interested to see how the draft board continues to develop, especially with COVID and how college, the NCAA apparently is giving everybody like a mulligan year. Like, okay, if you had another year, you can come back or whatever. And I want to see how it affects guys who opted out. So, this evaluation process, and then will this thing be tamed enough in time for the evaluation process to get back to what we used to see? Or have they created a, a new normal? For the evaluation process. All of that stuff will play into it uh, as we get closer to the NFL draft, but it seems like the top three are set, and as the weeks come, we'll continue to look at it and look further and look deep into it. And maybe me and James will set our own board. We'll set our own board a little bit. With I usually do like a top 50, so maybe we can do that too. Uh, but as far as today, man, that's it here on Locked On NFL. On a Wednesday, James Rapine and Tony Wiggins, you guys have a great, happy Thanksgiving, and I know because of Safety considerations is not maybe normal for everyone. But uh, whether you do it virtually or whether you do it in person, in a safe environment, love on your families, and uh, just take time to reminisce on all the things that you're grateful for. For James Rapina, Tony Wiggins here on Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. Take care and take care of each other, and we'll see you next week.